you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. Rubenstein and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 124. Well, hi guys. I'm going to continue this week with our conversation about meltdowns and digging into the roots of why the meltdown exists, what's really going on underneath and behind the scenes of the meltdown. And, um, and so this week I want to talk about a topic, um, which is really sounds kind of basic, but it's, you know, it's just about, it's as humans, we all want to feel safe in the world. And as parents, we know we know our job is to keep our kids safe, right? And I think when we think about safety, I mean, it's the reason why lots of us have alarms on our house. I mean, many, many of us wouldn't even think of going to sleep if you live in a major city without setting your alarm, right? So that's the physical safety. So physical safety is pretty tangible. And I think we all know what that is. And I think we understand that that's our job as parents is we want to, you know, if our kid runs out into the street, I, mean, I tell parents all the time, I'm like, look, I want kids to grow up without any yelling on the scene. And when it's a danger, dangerous situation, it's emergency, an emergency, you, your kid runs, your three-year-old, two-year-old runs out into the street, you freaking scream at the top of your lungs and jar them into a free state. And then you go grab them and scoop them up. Like, just wait till it's an emergent situation. And when you're not yelling all the time, they take it very seriously, right? So, um, so we understand when physical safety is at risk, we pull out all the stops to make sure our kids are physically safe. Well, let's talk about, this episode is really about emotional safety and what that means, what that looks like, how we create it, and how many of us don't have it, have never had it, don't know how to give it, and why it really is what we all crave as humans. It's really the key to living a life that feels healthy and whole and meaningful and sustaining and all the things is when you find a life that feels emotionally safe to be a hundred percent yourself and that 
you're surrounding yourself with people and situations where that you, that you're, you being your own unique human four leaf clover is seen and allowed and celebrated and accepted. Like those are the, that's how you get the keys to the happiness kingdom. And so what I have found is that most people don't have that and don't know how to create it for themselves. And look, when people work with me on a deeper level, I take you through a process where you understand you have to create that emotional safety for yourself first and foremost. And there's a way that we do it. And and it involves really kind of like digging up all the puzzle pieces of your life and um, like the impactful ones and helping you to sort of redefine those puzzle pieces and rewrite the narrative of your life and, um, and feel like you're getting more in, in the driver's seat. You know, I think many of us, when like, when bad stuff has happened, it's easy to either what I talked about in last week's episode, it's easy to either pretend they don't exist and, and do the spaceship in your brain dissociation thing or blame everyone else and talk about it a lot and then find yourself living in that place of the victim story, which neither one of them feel safe emotionally, right? Like neither one of them are going to help you to get those keys to the happiness kingdom. So I want to teach you guys about emotional safety and what that looks like and understanding that in order to create it for our kids, we have to consider how we're going to create it for ourselves. Um, and don't worry, we're going to, next week, we're going to get to how to truly create it for yourself. And the way to create that emotional safety, it has a lot to do with what I call pack leadership and boundary setting. And what I have found is that most of us don't come to this naturally. It is a skill set that we can learn and we can practice and we can get better at. And once we do that, eventually we do create emotional safety in our life. But just to break it down into really defining what does emotional safety look like? How do we do it for our kids? Um, and just to kind of dig deeper into it, I want to talk about what it, what it really is. So Every human deserves to feel safe, right? Emotionally and physically. And since we are designed to be scanning our environments at all times for danger, because we have one job, really, and that's to stay alive, um, safety's big. Safety's primal. And when you don't feel emotionally safe, it's almost like, where's your foundation? Okay, so what is emotional safety? Emotional safety, as I define it, this is my definition, is that it feels safe to be you, to be just a hundred percent you. That means you don't have to put on airs or try and impress anyone or wear a certain something to make sure that people know that you're a quality person or drive a certain something or speak oh so eloquently so that they know that they're, that you're not just beauty, but your brains too. Um, or uh, it's okay to not say things. It's okay to 
just be you. Maybe you is a slightly introverted you who's pretended to enjoy socializing and being extroverted, but you really hate it. And you don't want to, you know, you, it's exhausting. You don't really want to do that. And you want people who love you because you're the most amazing listener. And you don't always have to contribute to the conversation. And it doesn't mean you're boring or lame or any of it. Maybe the you is a you that likes to get really excited about Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking about my daughter. Um, you know, it's like, she, she, you know, so she would get so excited about movies that I'm like, this is the most boring movie I've ever heard of in my life. And, um, or, or just a topic that I wasn't at all interested in. And she, she knew she was emotionally safe to be a hundred percent herself. And she's like, that's you, this is me. And there's nothing more exciting than this movie coming out or this book coming out. I cannot wait to read it. So I'm so psyched about it. And I'm like, I love that you're so psyched about it, you know? And so, and it's safe to be me in that I can say, ugh, and she can say, yay. And we can say, we can laugh at each other for having differences. Like we don't have to be the exact same. It is safe to be a hundred percent you. It is safe to be imperfect. It is safe to make mistakes. It is safe to be a beginner at things. It is safe to say, I don't know. It is safe when somebody says, why'd you do it that way? To say, I thought it was a good idea and it was not. <laughs> and um, yeah, I messed up. And it's safe. And, and, and that other person isn't going to shame you. You know, creating emotional safety is to create that environment and then to be the, the other person that says, wow, it's so huge. Like you tried, you made a mistake being a human's messy business. And yeah, I screw up too. I make mistakes too. I guess that's how we learn, right? Where we all just get to be imperfect humans together. Instead of saying to your kids when they make a mistake, why did you do that? Instead saying, huh, so that was an interesting choice. I've made interesting choices, believe it or not, myself too over the years. Tell me about this one. I want to know more. I'll tell you more about mine. You go first, right? A dialogue where it's like, it is safe to be messed, to be a mess up, to get, have mess ups. It's okay. We're all doing this together. That's creating emotional safety. It's safe to cry. How many of us received the message, especially the male humans, but female humans too, I received this message. It was not safe to cry. I was made fun of if I cried. How often do our kids cry about something and, or our men cry about something or we cry about something and another person says, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. That's not emotional safety. What if emotional safety is, yes, cry. Crying is a hot track to the truth. 
Crying means something touched you deeply and powerfully. It caused some kind of emotion to bubble up in you. See, we're so scared of feeling big emotions because none of us were taught how to freaking breathe and that negative emotions are 50% a part of life. We were taught that we were supposed to put a smile on our face and pretend to be happy all the time or blame someone else for our unhappiness. And so that emotional safety doesn't exist for many of us. What if we all made a pact to see whenever we cried or someone else around us cried, oh, truth is here. This is a real conversation. Oh, this person's allowing me to see the real them. Something touched them deeply, impactfully. Some old piece of them that needs some tenderness is here, asking me to embrace it. Do I dismiss that? Do I ignore it? Or do I acknowledge it? When our kids show up with those tears, instead of trying to shut it down or shush them or make it stop, what if we just embraced it with a hug, held space, got quiet? allowed the tears to happen, didn't tell our kids what they should say or feel or do, and just showed up for them. That's creating emotional safety, right? Like it's like, this is not rocket science. It really isn't. And yet you may be sitting here going, ooh, how do I do that, right? Like, because we weren't taught it. We, most of us have not had environments where there was emotional safety. Okay. What if it was safe to feel proud of yourself? What if you didn't have to constantly look outward for other people to be proud of you? What if you got to just quietly feel proud of yourself, celebrate yourself, notice all the moments where you're doing things that you feel really proud of yourself for? What if you got to seek internal validation, instead of external validation like we're taught we're taught to do in our culture what if you focused on that what if when your kids came to you with some big accomplishment you looked at them and thought how proud they must feel to have just done that or completed that or accomplished that what must that feel like to them what if you just turned it all back on them and said, wow, you did that. Do you feel proud? How does that make you feel in your body? That's got to feel good. It's a pretty big deal. What if you just put words to celebrating something that they get to feel proud of and you didn't make it about your judgment of them, them looking to you to seek validation, and you instead guided and encouraged them to seek validation within themselves. That's creating emotional safety. What if it was safe to fail? Oops. Yeah, that didn't work out. What if we didn't have to make every little teeny tiny thing that we tried and didn't succeed at mean some huge failure f stamped on our forehead what if we were what if we said to our kids every time they brought a grade home that was less than what they had hoped for or what we had hoped for what if we said okay 
So something to unpack here, something to figure out. This is just information for us. Obviously, there was something that didn't make sense to your brain. We can either get curious about that and uncover what's underneath that, or we can sit and feel terrible about it and feel ashamed about it. How's that going to be helpful? How's that going to serve you? I'm here to say none of us are going to get everything 100% perfect all the time. And having that expectation, thinking that you were the person that's going to be so perfect and never do anything imperfectly and never have a grade less than what you were hoping for, right? Like, I just never met that person. And anyone I've ever met who's trying to be that person, they usually end up pretty darn unhappy. I don't want that for you. So what if we created emotional safety where we let our kids know there really is no failing? Having the courage to try is a big deal. It's always a win. It's always a win. What if we created emotional safety that it's safe to feel big emotions? Half of life involves things not always going your way, problems to be figured out and solved. And when we get thrown those curveballs, it's hard. When life doesn't pan out the way we had hoped, it is hard. When people don't do the things that we think they should do or what we wanted them to do, it's hard. It's hard to be in relationship with other people. It's hard to do life. And it's going to cause you to feel big things and you're allowed to feel it all. And I'm here for you. I'm your soft place to land. When those big emotions, when those big feelings come your way, you come to me. Right? You go within. That's why we take the deep breath. Sometimes we might need to just take a walk. Sometimes you don't want to talk about it. Sometimes you do want to talk about it. We can do hard things. We've got this. And I'm always here for you. That's emotional safety. What if it was safe to feel hurt, right? And to have your feelings hurt. What if it was safe to say, yeah, I didn't get invited to such and such, or I saw this thing on Instagram, or the all my friends got invited to go on this girls retreat and I didn't. And, um, and my feelings feel hurt. What if it felt safe to admit that? And my, I hurt my feelings a little bit. And what if you had people in your life that didn't dismiss that or tell you you shouldn't have your feelings hurt or call you too sensitive? What if they just allowed you to feel all of that and showed up saying, me too, I felt like that too. It's hard. It sucks. It's not fun. I totally get it. I'm just so glad you told me. That's emotional safety. What if it was safe to explain your behavior and your point of view? What if you made a mistake? Your kids made a, made a, make a mistake and it was safe for them to explain. Like one of my moms recently just was talking about her little boy, four-year-old little boy throwing daddy unwrapped a granola bar for him. It was snack time and he... And the dad unwraps the granola bar and the four-year-old just like chunks it at him. 
And the dad just like leaves it and, you know, kind of storm stomps out of the room in a huff. Um, and the mom took the time to say, Hey, what was going on there? And the little boy sensed some safety and said, well, I didn't want daddy to unwrap the whole thing because my fingers get sticky. Okay. And this was a little boy who had been, who has been having out of control behavior and meltdowns and aggressive behavior and, um, and is, it has sensory stuff going on and is, has some serious lagging skills and his, his coping mechanism has been explosive meltdowns or saying, I don't care and just totally shutting down and the parents spanking and doing all these things before they came to me, um, to try and resolve the behavior and nothing, which worked because they all involved fear tactics and that just exacerbated the situation and then caused the little boy to go into shutdown mode and say, oh, I don't care. You can take away whatever you want. You can do whatever you want to me. I don't care. And just totally shut down like the, like Marianne, the head character on that, that show that I've been talking about this month, Normal People. She just shut down. Obviously her spirit had been broken so many times and there had been so much fear on the scene. You see her just totally shut down, shut out the world act like she doesn't care, have a chip on her shoulder towards other kids, other people, because it was never emotionally safe for her at home. And so this little boy had done that. And now this family is learning some new methods. And so the dad, instead of staying in the room and continuing to yell at him or spank him or do whatever, the dad left the room, thank goodness, in a huff. And the mom, who's embracing these new tools, took a deep breath and said, what was going on there? And, and created emotional safety for her little boy to explain he didn't want his fingers to be sticky. And obviously he's lacking those skills to say, no, 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 daddy. I didn't want it unwrapped. It makes my fingers sticky. Like he didn't have the ability, he didn't have the verbal skills. And he hadn't had adults who had taken the time to teach him those verbal skills before now, but now they're creating emotional safety. So what if it was safe to have your own opinion? What if it was safe to not have an opinion? What if it was safe to just be quiet and not to make it mean that you were boring or not fun or didn't have anything to add, but just... Sometimes you're a quiet person. What if it was safe to feel heard? What if it was safe where you knew your voice mattered and, it, and you were allowed to be heard? So, you know, when people don't feel emotionally safe, they develop coping mechanisms. And a lot of times... That might be armor. They might behave a certain way because when it's not safe, they're quite often in fight or flight and they're just looking at ways to keep themselves protected, guarded. 
one way of keeping yourself emotionally safe is to do what I referred to the last couple of episodes as the spaceship in your brain, the dissociation. If you're checked out, if you look like you're there, your body is there, but your brain has gone somewhere else. I just read this book, um, The Sun Does Shine, I think that's what it's called, about a man who um, sat on death row for 30 years um, and then ultimately was acquitted. Um, It's a really good book. And he did the, he basically taught himself dissociation. The way he got through all that isolation was he created a whole magical world and magical life in his brain. Um, And he didn't let himself go crazy. He was married to Halle Berry in his brain. He was married to this one, to that one. You know, he, he created a whole dream life. And what he, he really learned was um, that he could control his mind. And, um, and that saved his life. I really think it saved his life. So when we don't feel emotionally safe, we create coping mechanisms because we're designed not to be bathed in cortisol, you know, not to have those stress hormones just constant. And when you don't feel safe, you live in fear and you live in isolation and loneliness. So that emotional safety is why you Ultimately, you know, when you don't have it, you do develop these coping mechanisms because, because you have to for survival. And sometimes when you don't feel emotionally safe, that's why, you know, a lot, I mean, I think all the over behaviors, whatever it is, over drinking, over smoking, um, and I'm not talking about is alcoholism a disease or not a disease and all, all those things, but I think any sort of habitual pattern that is not serving you, right? Um, it's not improving your life. It maybe is something that feels good in the moment, but then ultimately causes more negative feelings to come afterwards, um, like emotional eating or just overspending, over gambling, over drinking, over smoke, any of it, you know, anything that causes temporary relief, but ultimately long-term suffering, uh, that's, that's a coping mechanism, right? And so when, so when you need those coping mechanisms, it's because there's not, you don't have a sense of emotional safety. And so you're looking for quick fixes to feel safe, to feel better since we are humans who are designed to survive. We're always looking for ways to feel physically and emotionally safe. Um, you know, in that show, I think it's interesting um, that Normal People uh, series that I keep referring to, she didn't feel emotionally safe in her home. Um, she wasn't protected by her mother. Her mother was shut down and cold. And I think it's easy to just sort of stop there in the story. Abusive father who she witnessed hitting her mom. Um, Abusive brother shaming abusive brother towards her who obviously had that abuse modeled for him. And then he's carrying, you know, he's doing his part and passing down the generational pattern of, um, of that abuse. Um, and I think it's easy to stop at 
there rather than kind of get underneath the roots of those patterns for each character. You know, we don't know what went on for her father. Chances are that's what her father saw modeled. That's what her father experienced as a kid. Um, and, and so the abuse continued because that was just all that he knew. And so that he was operating from a place of anger and fear and rage and meltdowns and aggression and explosiveness. Right. And, um, and then the brother now is passing it on too. And I think it's easy to also go to the mom and be like, oh, she was so cold and shut down and she wasn't connected to her daughter and she didn't stand up for her daughter and she didn't make her daughter feel loved and supported and all of the things. But obviously the mother struggled with worthiness issues too. She, she was in a marriage where she got into a marriage and she had a man abusing her and, um, obviously thought she wasn't worthy of more. So it's real hard when you are living in a place of fight or flight to keep those people in your care emotionally safe. If you yourself haven't felt worthy of emotional safety or haven't known how to create that for yourself or maybe have never had it. So see this stuff just, it, it, it's, it's prevalent in our culture and in our families. And I want you to understand that this meltdown behavior is a very prevalent in our children, especially our strong-willed children, our little messengers here to say, hey, you think I'm a problem. This is actually something that uh, Glennon Doyle said recently. I heard her say, she says, you think I'm a problem, these, these super sensitive kids. You think I'm a problem, but I'm actually a prophet. I'm here to teach you people stuff. And so these kids with these meltdown behaviors, it's easy to focus and to blame and to fixate on their out of control behaviors. And I think it's important to look at all the grownups, look at all the grownups who are displaying meltdown behaviors too. They may look different, but they're scary and they make us feel powerless. They feel out of control and no one feels grounded when that's on the scene. And that's what I really believe when we are determined to create emotional safety in our families, in our lives, we know we deserve that and our children deserve it. I think that's how we make the world a better place. Okay, guys, until next week, goodbye. Are you ready to start having productive conversations? Have you been listening to the podcast for a while and you hear me go through my three-step productive conversation process to solve any problem and you're thinking, how does she do that? Guess what? I made a really cool resource for you guys. I call it the problem-solving one sheet. Okay, it's one sheet front and back, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But it will walk you through how to have productive conversations and you'll practice and before you know it, you'll be having productive conversations all day, every day. It really is the solution to solve any problem. So you can download it at mastermindparenting.com forward slash problem solving, all one word. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash problem solving, all one word.